Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Solutions Brewing Podcast. My name is Stephen, and I'm joined today by Brendan. Uh, it's again another duo uh, podcast. And today we're talking about our most recent experiences in brewing because both of us have not brewed in quite a while. And so this is going to be a little bit of a compare and contrast because, uh, uh, Brendan, according to you, yours went pretty well. And according to me, mine was terrible. <laughs> but both were done on Father's Day. So, I mean, like, it's, it's an appropriate comparison right? yeah it's it's a it's you know it's a little delayed me and me and rob actually talked about this like last week we were going to do and then we had the other idea but uh i still think this is an interesting one just because uh it brewing it's it's knowledge and it's a skill and it's like riding a bike getting you know getting on but if you haven't done it for a while getting back on that bike is you, you forget things and oh man it was just awful <laughs> for me <laughs> Well, we'll put a pin in that because yeah. mine went a little bit better. So I think I kind of want to go first yeah. here. Although I will say I did had my own my own share of interesting things happen. Indeed. Um, so I'm just going to describe the day because this was a great Father's Day. I was actually really happy with it. Yeah. I was watching Riley uh, for most of the day and decided that you know what I'm going to be home. I'm going to watch Riley. It was a beautiful day outside. I decided to fire up the smoker. I was going to smoke myself a pork shoulder because I hadn't made one of those yet. Oh, nice. And brew and watch the baby. <laughs> and uh, and got everything set up. And so it was a little bit interesting logistically because obviously, like for the smoker, we were able to kind of set it off in a fenced off area of the yard so Riley could run around and not worry about him getting close to the barbecue. But the... <laughs> The uh, brew kettle was a little bit of a, a, a different thing. I have one of those outdoor propane burners now, which everybody should have saw in the pictures. Mm-hmm. Check our Instagram if you didn't see them. You'll see pictures of the setup. But I kind of decided that I I would only have that thing on fire when Riley was not outside. So it, everything had to be timed around his normal nap schedule. Okay. and That's, that's a little ambitious. Thank- yeah. <laughs> It was, but thank God, like it actually worked out. He went down for his naps at his regular times. He was so start the day kind of before we get get up with him, get everything going and all that sort of stuff. He goes down for his morning nap, which is usually only about an hour or so. It's, it's not a huge nap. So I was like, okay, great. This is enough time to get in there, get temp, get water up to strike, get the, get the mash in, and then I can mash while he's up and about and all that sort of stuff. So the other wrinkle on this, though, is that I decided to make a double batch because I was going to uh, pay off my debt to you and Rob there Mm -hmm. and make the ESB. And I was like, I don't want to brew this twice. I'm not set up for the 240-volt plug to use our our half-barrel system yet. Yeah. So I borrowed your 15-gallon pot. Yeah, that old thing I haven't touched in. It's It's been like three years since I've actually brewed on that system. Yeah. So it was interesting, bigger pot, higher water, higher heat requirements and all that sort of stuff, but it all worked out. But I made a classic error, similar to one that I've made in the past. Oh. Um, when you're making a double batch, you need double the grain for the mash. True. Double the water and all great. And if people recall from our greatest mistakes episode that I did this for <laughs> a high yield winter spice ale back in the day, mm-hmm. but that was on my smaller gallon pot 
and all and and everything. So I figured, you know what? I've got the big igloo cooler now. <laughs> yeah, it's more than I typically do, but I usually don't utilize all the space in that cooler anyway, so I figured it would be fine. Mm-hmm. I filled that thing to the brim. <laughs> <laughs> so 10-gallon pot and 10-gallon cooler. Hmm, what could go wrong? <laughs> no, well, anyway, it was it was, it was was exciting. It was entertaining. So, but it was exact, like my strike water, uh, strike water in the grain filled that thing to the brim. <laughs> Got the lid on. Everything was at temperature. I was like, great. So now that's in the the cooler. Cooler is safe, no heat conduction. Riley gets up pretty much right on cue. Perfect. Get up, get him outside, and we're playing outside for about an hour. It was probably an hour and a half. It's uh, for the mash there. Mm-hmm. Just again having to work around baby time. He has his lunch. He goes down for his afternoon nap, which is the longer the nap. So I'm like, great. I'll have enough time to mash out, get the boil going. Mm-hmm. So get the the strike water heated. I actually brought out my other pot so that I could uh, do like a three pot thing and all that sort of stuff. Open up the the mash tun, try to feed it to the pump initially, get liquor hot liquor flowing and circulating back to the mash tun. So I'm like, great, I'm fine. Everything's worked out perfectly. I am invincible. I'm going to live forever, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Move it from recirculating into the mash tun over into the brew kettle and after about half a gallon my fluid rate just drops to zero. Oh no <laughs> I'm like oh no what's going on here so i'm trying to figure it out so i'm adding more water to the mash tun filling it up to the brim again it's not quite working nothing nothing's quite getting it so I'm, i end up back feeding a little bit into the mash tun getting back and that works again for another half gallon i was like oh this is just gonna be hell so i fight with the darren thing for half an hour what i ended up having to do and I was kicking myself because I was I thought about adding rice holes when I first started. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, nothing. Like I've never had a stuck mash; it's not going to be a problem. Yeah. So I had to take one of my big spoons, <laughs> <laughs> reach into the the ten gallon cooler, and literally just brush sediment off the 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 mesh <laughs> at the bottom. And every time I would do that, you get a little shot of fluid out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I would do that, and I had the pump sitting there ready to go to to do a research if I ever needed to, to do anything, but I ended, it was a very, it was the longest mash out I've ever done. Um, okay. That's, that's not too bad. I, it's not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. And then it got into the boil kettle, got the thing up to a boil. It sat at a boil very nicely. And the nice thing about the, uh, the ESB is it's a single hop addition right at the start of the boil. Mm-hmm. So that was easy. Just set it in there. And then Riley was, Riley got up, but, I just kept them inside for the rest of the 45 minutes of the boil sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And was going back on and checking it. Never boiled. Well, I shouldn't say never boiled over. I boiled over once because you always have to boil over once on new equipment. Yeah, always. Um, but but that was it. So everything worked pretty good there. Uh, and then using, you have that uh, immersion cooler, which worked really well. Mm-hmm. So that worked great. Everything crashed out. Radon density coming out into the fermenters i was smart enough not to try to combine it all into a single fermenter i was about to (laughs) and then i was like you know what i'm going to learn my lesson from what just happened in the mash tun i'm going to split this i needed to go into two kegs at the end of the day anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i didn't and i had two i had two yeast packets for the double batch and i was like why why am i going to make my life harder because i know exactly what's going to happen if i put this all in one fermenter i'm going to add the yeast it's going to take off and it's going i'm going to 
I'm going to overflow a fermenter. <laughs> and I just did not want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So yeah. went very well. Got the beer made. The pork shoulder turned out delicious. Not too uh, Actually, I'll add in this other wrinkle because it's fun. So when I'm smoking, I don't like using charcoal because I always have a hell of a time just getting it properly activated and keeping temperature that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm reasonably good at making fire. So I just have a fire going in the offset portion of my offset charcoal mm-hmm. smoker, which means I'm adding I'm adding logs every half an hour, forty minutes. Okay, yeah. Trying trying to maintain maintain a temperature with uh with just direct fire. So that that was the other fun wrinkle is trying to maintain two twenty five <laughs> to two fifty. Yeah. Uh, and it ended up going pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. That's not too bad. It was a great day. I it was it was exactly what i wanted out of a father's day i got to hang out with my son all day and i got to smoke and i got to make beer it was it was dad's day <laughs> okay that's pretty good uh i was gonna say for uh for my father's day it was sort of similar like uh my wife said you know it was just like what what do you want to do today and it's like you know what i haven't brewed in like six to eight months you know just you know i keep on finding the time here and there but then something always comes up and i i lose you know the block of time I need to do it. Cause I need about five, six hours, depending on how the brew is going. So, uh, so like was doing a whole bunch of outdoor work and all this kind of stuff and came inside and it's like, okay, like mow the lawn, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to brew. Okay. So get all my equipment and all that kind of stuff and, uh, bring it upstairs and get it, uh, get started and, you know, start, start with my normal, you know, mash in, you know, get it on, I'm doing on the just five gallons. So I'm doing it on the stove. So it's like, okay, you know, get the water in there, get it up to temp sort of thing. And uh, my first mistake was I got my strike temperature too hot. So, you know, I usually, you know, uh, for our listeners who don't know what that is, it's at the top of the top of the meeting there. And you, uh, you basically mash into the, uh, or you put your grains into the water and, uh, what had happened was I had started at, uh, it was about 75 and it's like, Oh, that's a little hot, but you know, by the time the grain gets in and by the time it cools off, it'll, it'll get to 65, except I never turned off the burner. So there we go. So I put all it in, I get it all mixed up and all that. And I'm just like, why isn't the temperature going down? Like it should be, it should be dropping like at least, you know, seven degrees, 10 degrees here. Yeah, I kept the burner on for the whole, like, four to five minutes while I'm adding all the grains. So no heat was lost. And I basically had to keep the lid off and just stir the crap out of it. Like, then took it off the heat, tried to get it down. And it still just took way too long. So uh, as a result of that, I didn't, well, I knew what it was going to do, but I didn't find out till the end. Uh, it killed my efficiency because I was yeah. way too high and it and it took too long for the the grain to come down. So even though I mashed, okay. So then this was the first of my time losses. So did that and spent longer mashing trying to like just draw out some more uh, some more sugar out of the grain. No, I uh, I was shooting for like a like a six percent beer, and I barely got a five percent beer, even with like the extra like pound and a half, two pounds of grain I put in. Basically, wasted it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the problem is like you start. When you're at that high temperature, there's not that enzymatic conversion doesn't 
it's not that it just doesn't happen. It's that you like stall portions of it. So it's yeah. unrecoverable. Yeah. And like by getting the temperature down, like I at least got something out of it. And, but there are still pockets of that grain that were still like 85 degrees. Cause when I sparged out that water, uh, like there were sections of that, cause I was still brewing in the bag. The sections of it were just so, so like almost like boiling hot. And it's like, I'm not using boiling water in here. It's just the heat retained by the grain. So, so that was my first mistake. Second mistake. Uh, so I'm sparging. I'm rinsing the grain, trying to recover as much of this little bit of sugar I, I can get. And I usually sparge up to usually seven and a quarter, seven and a half uh, uh, gallons. And then I usually at seven is when I start my like, quote unquote, 60, mi 60 minute boil. Well, uh, I wasn't paying attention to how much water I was putting in and uh, sparging with. So I basically filled up the kettle to almost the brim. Like I was like a half inch below the brim. So it was basically a full eight gallons. And I was like, oh, and I don't want to pour any of it off because I need to, I need all the sugar I've got. I've got, I've got an absolute amount of sugar. I just need to get rid of the water at this point. So mistake number two, way too much sparge water. And as a result, I had like basically a pre-boil just trying to boil off some of the water to get down to my like amount that I actually wanted. That took like an extra 45 minutes. So, so at this point, I've added basically an hour to my brew time. So it's not going good sort of thing. And so go through, do my hop additions and all this kind of stuff and, uh, and get to the end and uh, basically... Get get to my cold crash. My cold crash goes pretty well. Like I, everything kind of drops out, and then I, I I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because the high temperature or something like that. But my, I had so and I didn't have a lot. Oh, third thing, third thing. Damn it, third thing. Uh, so one thing piece of equipment I got and is one of our like first Instagram posts is I got a hop spider to help remove um like the, the vegetable material of the hops when you add them to the thing. So a hop spider is just a, a mesh cage you can put on the outside that allows the the wort and the hops to interact. So it's like it is you know, dry, it is putting hop oils into the solution, but it keeps it separate. So you can just basically pull the hop spider out and you pull out all of that, uh, you know, that, you know, hop bits that have soaked up all of that, uh, that solution. And you, you don't have to deal with it. Well, I forgot to use the damn thing. <laughs> I went downstairs and grabbed my, uh, my copper coil for chilling. And my hop spider was right beside it. And I didn't even think about it. I just looked at him like, oh, I haven't seen that in a while. And just went back upstairs. So when I'm trying to cold crash and draw everything off of the kettle, I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm not getting my, like, my volumes. This is weird. Like, what, what's going on here? Oh, it's because I forgot to do that. So I barely got five gallons at the, at the end of this thing. I had to like basically put my grain bag in a sieve and then pour the beer or the wort on top of the sieve to drain out the trub to at least get close to my volumes. Cause I was looking for like five and a half gallons and I barely got five and I, and I thought I was going to be good. I thought I was going to get like six and stuff and have some of the bottle and all this, that nope screwed that up too. So, so all in all, like I went through this whole process, did this whole thing. And at the end of it, I was just like, it took me about an extra two hours to do the brew that day than I anticipated. So there's a few times like 
Kelsey comes downstairs and it's like, hey, you're going to start cooking dinner soon? And it's like, ah, uh, yeah, I guess I will. So I've got one burner with the, the beer going on and then the other burner I'm, I'm starting to cook. Like, I think I was doing like a stir fry or something like that night because uh, we had a nice dinner the night before. So, yeah, it was just everything went on. And by the by the end of it, uh, my wife was just like, you seem kind of tired. I'm like, yeah, I, I legit am. It wasn't supposed to take like this much time and effort. And I'm like mentally I'm taxed. So, uh, <laughs> but it, it, there's a, a little bit of silver lining that comes out of this is that, uh, I did grab, uh, later that week, I did grab our pilot system and it kind of refreshed my brain since I hadn't brewed in so long. And it's like, okay, there actually is like, you need to pay attention at a few critical steps, not for long. Like, cause again, most of this thing is heating and cooling water, but it's like you need to pay attention at some critical spots to make sure you don't make extra work for yourself. Which uh, once uh, once I do start doing the uh, the triple batch here, will work out a lot better for me, which is I am looking forward to. But yeah, my my Father's Day was a, a little bit longer, a little bit more stressful. I was going to relax a little bit more, but uh, I still got the beer done and all that. So it, I think at the end of the day, it was pretty good. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that strike temperature stuff, um, <laughs> striking too hot is something that I quickly learned not to do. It's something that you can recover from fairly quickly with brewing a bag, but yeah, with the actual mash cooler, if you strike too hot, yeah, it's, uh, it's you're kind of stuck. It's way too well, in, uh, well insulated. And then, and that's what I, with me, I was like, oh yeah, like I'm a little hot, but it, I'll be able to balance it out sort of thing if I turned off the bloody heat. Oh, <laughs> and, and that's the thing. And just like, and it's just like, I, I didn't lose any temperature. What's well, that's really weird because like the grain is room temperature. It's like 20 some degrees and I'm adding 12 and a half pounds into this thing. Like it's got to cool off if you stop adding heat to the system. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it's good prep for this week when I do, uh, do the Goza so I can, uh, I, I won't, uh, I won't run into that mistake especially because we're using the igloo cooler and we've known from experience that that igloo cooler loses no temperature whatsoever in the mash. It like, mo- I know we bought too good of an insulated cooler. Yeah. Da- damn Coleman. I think it was or something like that or whoever damn Canadian tire sales. Yeah. Damn Canadian tire sales. Enticing us to buy something that was the exact size. That yeah. We it was, it was exact size. Uh, and then actually calling back to the earlier uh, thing when we tried to put the new spigot in and <laughs> and our, what we had bought would have worked if it was a lesser cooler. But since it was a nice yeah. cooler with nice thick insulation, we had to get a specialty part, which was dumb. <laughs> and necessitated a total of three trips to uh. Uh, to hardware stores to get the right part. Because the first, first time we're like, okay, we should be fine. It didn't work. And then we went to the Bray Creek uh, uh, local like hardware store and couldn't find in their limited selection anything to do. And so then the third time in Airdrie being like, no, we're going to Canadian Tire. We're going to get this like and we're just sifting through the uh, the plumbing section looking for uh, looking for the right connector. Jeez. But yeah, it was a good lesson because I'll, I'll make sure that that strike temperature is right at 65 and then it will. It, it will just stay at 65, which is nice. Beauty. <laughs> well, Brendan, if anyone else has uh, other simple mistakes that they've made through brewing and would like to tell us, how may they do so? Or complex mistakes. We'd love to hear about those, too. Oh, yeah. 
Um, they can reach us by going to our website, www.solutionsbrewing.com. There's a contact us page there. It sends us an email to our email address, no problems at solutionsbrewing.com. Mm-hmm. Or they can reach out to us on the, um, you know, the actual valuable social medias, Facebook and Instagram at Solutions Brewing Co. Mm-hmm. And they can also see us on Twitter at Solutions Brew I1. Yes, but why would they want to? <laughs> I I just got a thumbs up in uh, in confirmation it was correct. So uh, that 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 means well, there's only two more mentions, so we're almost out of the woods, people. We're almost out of the woods. But uh, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, uh, hopefully next time we'll have a, a full compliment, and we will talk to you guys next time. Enjoy the music, everyone. Yeah. <laughs>